Okay, new recording is December 15th, 2022. It's the day my dad died 32 years ago. <clears throat> uh, we're a small group here. Uh, Colonel Ron's out, not feeling well, some kind of cold. Uh, John Park had to work tonight. I'm sure he really didn't want to because it's cold out there and he's out in it. Um, and uh, so it's just Ray and Jerry and Bob and me and Kristen's in the kitchen cleaning up. <clears throat> um, Osman and his church, and I've missed a second call from him. I just, I mean, it just never seems to work that he calls when I'm able to pick up the phone, but hopefully he'll call because I can't call him. Reverend Davis for blessings of healing and um, that he can be restored. A young lady named Bella for victory in her fight. It's a it's a fight against addiction. Sebron, uh, for his struggle to win some custody of his children, and uh, you know he seems to be dealing with the spawn of Satan. If no, my, nobody minds me saying so here, his wife or ex, and they have six children. Marta and Charles, praying for them. Um, Marcos for his son and family and maybe I shouldn't have said spawn of Satan in regard to Stephen's wife but you know she needs a total uh, a total rehab there spiritually speaking so we ask God to, uh, to work in that way and if she's no longer going to be a, in Christ uh, you know you're in Christ you're in Christ you don't lose it but if she never was and never will be, who knows, the Lord may see fit to do something with her. We're not asking for anything specific, but, you know, we know that Satan is running crazy in this world right now. and People are falling subject to his will. And that's how the devil gets at you. His demons can't possess you if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit but they can darn sure oppress you by manipulating others that you have loved and cared for and that have an influence in your life. John and Ruby, Vassie and Linda, we keep them on the prayer list, friends of the Bible study and podcast. I'm praying for Elon Musk. Yeah, he's a multi-billionaire, but he's up against a lot right now. The deep state appears to be really coming to get him because they've lost their house organ, Twitter. <clears throat> and um, I have been posting on Twitter pretty regularly now and pushing the envelope. And I haven't been censored yet. As before, I would have been shut down. So that um, is um, something I want to pray for him. Colonel Ron and John Park, both, for their specific needs. Bob's children, Mike and Stephanie, salvation for other unsaved family members. Uh, whatever the Lord will do for the economic situations in the world. Sometimes this is judgment. The people in Europe heading into a cold winter. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, rogue politicians that need to be reined in. Frank and Dorothy Wingo, Dottie, John, James, and grandchildren.
Ray, him and Judy, people that have gotten bad doses of that uh, vaccine, and they're pushing the boosters again now. They're really frustrated that people have just stopped taking it. They saw it didn't do any good, you know, and now, um, you know, the uh, people going in with uh, side effects from vaccines, and they're simply being told they've got COVID. They've got this new variant. Um, I should have put the Brad Snap family on here. He died, fell dead in his yard, early 50s, about three days ago. He was Phil Snap's son. Phil died, uh, but he didn't take the vaccine. However, he ended up in the hospital over here in the little door of the Explorer smock bunch that call themselves nurses put him on a, a ventilator and started giving him the very medicine that did kill him. Remdesivir. Yep, remdesivir. Uh, they said they were calling it in Africa, <clears throat> run, death is near. <laughs> I don't think that makes sense. Um, ministers to preach truth boldly. I forgot Ray's mention of, you know, bring, bring the, the, the harvest in, the final believers to come to truth praying for the children out there especially those that are being so called vaccinated even as babies mm. Bill Gates is upset he didn't kill enough people in Africa so he's nominated another 1.6 million I saw that only 6% of the whole African continent all those nations only 6% of the people took the, the vaccines. They've been getting experimented on by these same cronies for decades, and they knew better, and they didn't take it. And guess what? They have the lowest incidence of so-called COVID mm -hmm. on the planet. That's a fact that uh, the uh, branch COVIDians don't want you to know. Yeah, I saw. I can't take credit for that, but I saw that the other day. The Branch Covidians. Well, it's a cult. And um, for Ted, for Eric, and for Rex, our children and grandchildren, I might have mentioned twice, our study group, all members. Okay, uh, we'll just pray. We can just bow our heads. We can't reach each other too easily since it's a small group. And God, we do thank you for this time together that we might have fellowship and pray and that we might study your word and learn from it. Lord, as you know, a purpose to read from the book of Luke, uh, these chapters that pertain to your birth, Heavenly Father God, the birth of Christ, I know that we don't usually look at it except this one time of the year, so let's look into them. That was what I thought, Lord. And I pray by your Holy Spirit you teach us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know. Just, uh, who knows? I mean, we we have always prayed that those that God wants here would come and those he didn't want here wouldn't come. So, and that's nothing against anybody. It doesn't mean anything against their salvation. They may just not be a, a good fit, you know? So, chapter one of Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, 
even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou might know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Theophilus, lover of God. Did you know that's what that means? Lover of God. In fact, that's one of Turbo's names. Turbo Theophilus Bearhead Jr. Verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abijah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office. This is all in the Old Testament. You can see it in Chronicles. Um, each priestly course, they came twice a year. So they did two weeks each time they came. And they, they tended to uh, the temple duties. Well, he was of the course of Abijah. There was 12 different ones. So according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And that's an interesting place to find him. I mean, the altar represents really God himself. Uh, and here is an angel of the Lord standing on the right side. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am 
sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. Dumb means Zechariah would not be able to speak. Verse 21, And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Not being able to have a child it was considered a reproach. Um, verse 24, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. How long after? Sometime after, it doesn't tell us. So a lot of folks that try to pin a birth date of, some say June, we've been over this in recent uh, studies of Christ, and some say September, they will use those priestly courses, but they use one in particular of the two to arrive at some uh, September birthday. Um, we've been over in the study, I think maybe study before last, uh, showing that um, Jesus almost certainly was born December 25th. Hang on a sec. What's going on, babe? Oh, Turbo, I think you can calm down. I told Turbo he could calm down. <laughs> um, and then they have to, even by <clears throat> picking that one course, which the Bible doesn't show which one it was, they have to then assume that just as soon as Zechariah got back, John the Baptist was conceived, just like that. Well, it doesn't work like that, except by perhaps coincidence. It doesn't say that. We need his cat ejected. Okay. Um, all right, Johnny Rotten, you're getting the boot. So we will, we will stick with the more viable understanding that the early church fathers were never contested when they espoused the December 25th birthday on the Gregorian calendar when that came around. Um, yeah, we had to wait until we get modern existentialism to... Uh, yeah, to start questioning the birthday of yeah. Christ, to start claiming Christmas trees pagan. We dealt with that too. And we talked about the reasons why... Um, Satan would want to do that. He would want to call our beliefs into question. Uh, some of these people have been deceived. A lot of ministers will say, well, it doesn't matter when Jesus was born. What matters is that he was born. 
I say to them it does matter when Jesus was born because if he wasn't born on the on the date or the time of December that we have historically believed, well, what else could we be wrong about? You see, when you, when you say, okay, we're wrong about this. Oh, by the way, the Christmas tree is pagan. We proved with Scripture that it's certainly not pagan. But um, if uh, the devil can get you to call uh, into question um, traditional... Uh, worship services and the time of year that Christ was born, then you can call anything into question. They'll say, well, we weren't ever commanded to uh, celebrate the birth date of Christ. Interestingly, um, the Jewish people at about that same time of year kept the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, I, they, they chose in and of themselves to keep it. <clears throat> it. I don't see anything in Scripture that says, you will keep this celebration, you will keep this festival of lights coming from God. Maybe I'm wrong. If I am, somebody let me know. It was their offering. This let us celebrate um, Hanukkah, the uh, cleansing of the temple where the oil that we had that shouldn't have lasted but a day lasted the entire eight days. Well, we want to celebrate as Christians the time that Christ came into the world, which coincides with Hanukkah, which is the festival of lights. And he he called himself light of the world. So that's when he came. Don't let people strip you of that truth with uh, their egg headery. Um... Because there's a whole lot more behind that curtain if you start going back there. Verse 26, and in the sixth month, now this is the sixth month of uh, John the Baptist being carried, I believe we're looking at. The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in the womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I'm a virgin. I've not laid with a man. Now you got some secular eggheads, and a lot of them posing as ministers. Up there wanting to teach that... uh, well, the Bible doesn't say that Mary, uh, you know, was a virgin. Here in uh, in Isaiah, 
it says that uh, the sign of Isaiah, let's just flip back there, go to chapter uh, 7. You have to stay on guard for these people. You have to stay sharp for these people to set them down with truth. Now, they won't back down. If they have already signed on to Satan's team to come out and teach false doctrine, they're probably reprobate. However, you still have to answer them for the sake of those that are sitting under them, and you may be able to help some people realize what's going on. Verse 10 of Isaiah 7. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye, O, hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. This is the Hebrew back here. The Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Now these eggheads, he says, uh, well, that doesn't mean the virgin right there. Just look that up. The Hebrew for that word is Alma. All it really means is a young girl. All it's really saying is a young girl will, will conceive and bear a son. Okay, first of all, is that some kind of a sign? That happens all day, every day, multiple times an hour. Multiple times a minute, I trust. That's not a sign. The other thing that Alma can mean is a virgin. Guess what it means? A virgin. Why didn't the Holy Spirit write, a young girl shall conceive and bear a son? Because he wanted to specifically say that this is a sign. This is, you know, a sign's got to be something that doesn't just happen every day, right? But they'll say it's not necessary. They'll say it's not necessary to assume that, that Mary was a virgin because that passage in Isaiah could be taken another way. If you ever hear that, take them to what we did just read um, where Mary says unto the angel, verse 34, Luke 1, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be? I'm not slept with a man. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Does this sound like your regular run-of-the-mill childbirth? Of course not. It just beats me how some people want to destroy the beautiful truth of the birth of our Lord and Savior, the timing of His birth, the significance even of His birth. Verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, for with God nothing shall be impossible. 
For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She accepted what he told her. 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste unto a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. The unviable tissue mass leaped in her womb. The clump of inanimate, inarticulate, inconsequential cells leaped in her womb. For every abortionist, the, 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 the depth of hell is... I know it's deep enough because God will make it that way. These abortion apologists, they're killing half a million babies in America every year. That is the number one cause of death by nearly double, by more than double. It's more than double the cause of death, but all other things. Um, the next next one is heart disease, about a quarter million. The next one's cancer, about 180,000. And it goes down the list from there, but at the top of that list, they're aborting half a million babies a year. That's just the ones we know about. That's true. A lot of it's being done under the radar. God help us. The child leaped in the womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Interesting. I just kind of stopped on that because, you know, you got the Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost different ways. I mean, uh, the apostle put his hands on you. Jesus gave the disciples the Holy Spirit. but She got it there. She got filled with God's Holy Spirit. Of course, John the Baptist would be endowed with his Holy Spirit. Before he was born. There you go. Verse 42, And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth knew who Jesus was. The mother of my Lord should come to me. Verse 44, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For, behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And there's not a Protestant out there that wouldn't say Mary was blessed. But we're not called to worship Mary. 
We're certainly not called to. We're certainly not called to consider her sinless. She was a human being, but she was chosen by God. And so for that reason, she was blessed. Verse 49, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. She's prophesying here, if you ask me. This is what Christ will do. When he returns for the millennial kingdom, these things are going to be done. Verse 53, He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath helpen, that means helped, his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zechariah after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all that they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. My uh, heading in this Bible says, The prophecy of Zechariah, starting here in verse 67. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, as he spake by the holy prophets. They prophesied that this would all come to pass. Verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember 
his holy covenant. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and unrighteousness before him, I'm sorry, in holiness and in righteousness before him, all the days of our life we would serve him. Verse 76, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. See something interesting about John the Baptist. He operated in the spirit of Elijah. First time he, when he first came, he prepared the way for Christ. When he was beheaded, he went to Abraham's bosom, prepared the way for Christ to come when he was crucified. Now here in, in the, the two witnesses, the one we know is Elijah. He's preparing the way and all for Christ's second return. Yes. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it lines up. Yeah. You know, uh, all of the Old Testament saints who died before the time of Christ, before Christ was uh, crucified and rose again, they could not go to God the Father because there's only one way through Christ. Well, they didn't have Him yet. So they were in Abraham's bosom. Luke chapter 16, I believe, speaks of this, which uh, Lazarus uh, was a poor man, and, uh, and then the rich man ended up on the wrong side of that gulf. So John the Baptist, when he dies later in, in the narratives of the Gospels, um, it was prior to Christ accomplishing what he came to accomplish. So he went there to Abraham's bosom very shortly before Christ himself descended, as the Bible tells us, and led captivity out of there, as the Bible tells us. So John would have indeed, I think. The Bible doesn't say it, but you can certainly, um, you can certainly see that's going to be what happened. I believe he went there and said, he's almost here. Everyone get ready. Make yourselves ready. He will be coming here. What about all the Jews that died prior to Christ dying on the cross? And they, did they accept him? I mean, did they make their way down in the shield? Uh, some did. If they were doing their best to be righteous before God. And they had a different way of uh, atoning for their sin. You know, they had the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And if they stayed reverent and dutiful... But when Jesus went down into Sheol, did they accept him at that point in time? Well, I feel well, they wouldn't have been there in the first place if if they wouldn't be accepted. They were all looking for a Messiah, right? So then it they found It seems to be a special provision for the Jewish people that are not Messianic Jews. You know, there's going to be a time when 
there's a special something that happens, and I, I never did understand that. Well, that's very important. What happened? I mean, he went there. Yeah. And he uh, led captivity out, according to Scripture. So, you know, the... Uh, the Jews that die today, where are they going? If, and this is my belief, and I'm basing this on Romans 11, because it says that as far as the gospel, speaking to the Jews, as far as the gospel is concerned, they're enemies for your sake. They're your enemy. Mm-hmm. But as far as um, election is concerned, they are loved on the account of their fathers, on the account of the patriarch. And the whole, whole issue there is remnant, a remnant of Israel who's blinded in part, it says, and don't be conceited because they can't see, it says. All Israel will be saved, it says. To me, that teaching is pretty clear, but I've never heard one Bible teacher, minister, or anybody tell that that way. I've never heard it. So that. when those Jewish people die, where are they at? Well, it's, yeah, the, uh, it's the condition of the heart. It's just like Abraham, he didn't have the law. He was given the... the ordinance of to those circumcision two. but it says that he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness so that would be true of every Jew no matter which side of the cross they're on uh, if they're blinded but they are trusting God and believe believe in God believe they're, uh, that God is going to provide uh, then how are they eventually saved? well uh the, Which the gospels preached to them because well, he Jesus preached the gospel in captivity. Gospel. So they're in one of the, they're in the good section of Sheol. Yes, where 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 Lazarus was in uh, yeah. Luke sixteen. So that still man. exists and it's packed filled with people. That I believe so. The gospel. Because there's no scripture that says it doesn't still exist, and we also know that where did where was this captivity where Jesus went and let them out? I think that's spoken of and alluded to in. The, Ephesians and in Peter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's based on the life that you have and how you deal with it. Just like people that uh, uh, never heard the Western uh, Christianity, they never heard of it, but they have a moral code within their heart to do right or wrong. And if they follow that moral code, somewhere along the line, they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to believe. You know, they may be in. Sheol when that happens. Right. Well, they have. I mean, they can't see the Father except through Christ. God is not unjust. He's not. He doesn't make people just. But why are they willfully ignorant? What well, do you mean? Why are willfully ignorant? Because they reject the truth they have. Well, isn't that enough to condemn you for eternity? Yeah, <clears throat> willfully ignorant. Yeah, will. But if you believe there is a God and he, he's a rewarder of them that seek him, um, regardless of which side of the cross you're on, God is going to provide a way for you as long as you believe with, with your heart that, you know. Yeah, I am. It just seems to me like they've rejected them all the way along, and then... Well, the ones who have are not going to get a second chance. That's right. You know, they're, they're in the same place that the rich man was in in Luke 16. Mm-hmm. You don't come out of there. Yeah, you, know, you had a chance and you just blew it. You didn't. You, don't they all have a chance? They done blew, we all, blew their chance. Every man has a chance. And but the ones that are on the good side in Sheol is the ones I don't understand. Why aren't they just condemned already? Because they had the opportunity. No, they didn't. 
The How Old could Test- they not have? The Old Testament saints could not know gospel. Christ. He hadn't come yet. They only, they only um, the only promise. He, and uh, there's a remnant of uh, the Jewish people who are blinded as well. They live and die and go to that same place. If God blinds them to the gospel, you know, he's not going to hold them accountable for not believing. I mean, this is Calvinism, It just right? seems like I'm not the God that I know. You know, it just, it's not God's will that any person, and I know they're not perishing, but it just seems like you've been given an opportunity and you have blown it. No, they haven't. They didn't get to see, you no, know. Look at look at what it says in Hebrews about the um, the Jews that um, rejected God for forty years. They didn't go in and take the promised land like He told them to. I understand so, the Old okay. Testament part, but yeah. the new people, the mess- well, it's the same thing. They got the Messianic Jews now. I mean, why why aren't everybody? Well, they're saved. Messianic yes. Jew means they. But, uh, but how come they're not blinded? You're talking about well, you're, talk- you're talking about Jews that. Are, are ignorant uh, since the cross are ignorant to the gospel because they're blinded. Aren't the Messianic Jews blinded? I mean, no. evidently they, not. You know no, what the uh, definition no, no. of that is? Oh, I, I do. But what made them people all of a sudden come around and believe in Christ? Well, what made uh, the disciples in the beginning? Some They were Jewish people, most of them. Some they believed, wrong. most didn't. You know, some did believe. It's um, choice. It, it is. How's it What's wrong? Is the interior lights on? Oh, in the van? What's on? The yeah. interior light. Oh. I think I have keys here somewhere. Love you. Yeah. It's probably the switch okay. on the uh, dash. Uh, okay. When you turn, you know. Okay. Probably wouldn't pull the battery down, but. Nah, it would take a long time. Um, so basically, you got this place. It's referred to in Luke 16 as Abraham's bosom. That's where Lazarus went. He was a poor man and uh, had a lot of trouble in life. But when he died, he was sent there. Mm-hmm. Whose call was that? God's. Because God looks on the heart. You know, it's the same thing he did with King David. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. And really, when it says that, you know, Jesus says, you know, I chose you. You know, God will draw you to me. This cat is going to really be getting on my nerves here. Well, and the same thing with the, the guy that beat on his chest and said he wasn't worthy to look up to God. He went home um, righteous or forgiven. And the guy that was said, said, you know, I'm glad I'm not like this piece of crap here, you know. <laughs> and he didn't go home justified. So God really does look on your heart. So yeah. that's the criteria for people who are in Sheol right now. In the one side or the other side, God looked at their heart and knew that these people one day would believe in him? No, they already no, he did. Looked, he they looked at the condition believe. of their heart. Not Jesus, though. Yeah, they believed God and it was accounted. Not Je- Abraham was 2,500 years before Christ. Right? And he believed God and it he was accounted God. to him as righteousness. But since Christ had come, it just seems like that, that deals off. It's not. No. It, it, it's okay. I get where you're at now. It's not for the remnant of Israel who are being held in blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Sorry. What you doing with that? Thank you. I was just saving myself a trip back out. Get oh. in. Yeah, that's in Romans 11. That remnant, they're held in blindness in part until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. It wouldn't be right for God to put them in eternal damnation, would it? No. But why would He blind them? 
for us. For the sake of the Gentiles, yeah. it's Romans 11. I would read that, meditate, study on it. it uh, you know, he's doing it for the sake of the Gentiles. And so the, really, people think all the Jews have got it made and they're in the catbird seat and they're ahead of us. Not in all respects. In some respects, they're not because they've had to go through a lot of, of, of rough stuff even for our sakes. See, God made a covenant with Israel and he cannot break that covenant. And that covenant is that they're his chosen people. And because they are, they've received the oracles of God, but they've also received a lot of bad stuff from the world because they're God's people all along. And so he hasn't broken that covenant with them, but when they rejected the, the Savior, then the, the tree was cut at the root. And we were grafted in. And Romans and, 11 talks about that, how we were grafted in. And, um, so, I mean, to me, that's the only thing, that, the only way to get Romans 11 to make sense. He's a nuisance. He was just out earlier. How did he make it? Oh, she probably, probably yeah. ran in when she was outside. Get it, get it, get it, get it. There's a couple ready to jump in here. That's fine. Let them in. It's getting yeah. chilly out there. Chilly willy. So, um, you know, and I think we could just wrap up tonight with some conversation on this on this subject. We... Um, we did finish with uh, Luke chapter one, you know, and how things were ordered, and you know, it was good for Ray to point out that, you know, John the Baptist went to that place we talked about to, lead, you know, to let everyone know that, you know, just like he did when he was alive in, in the flesh on earth, he went ahead, a voice crying out, you know, that uh, Jesus is coming. There's one coming that I'm not fit to unbuckle his shoe. Yeah. And uh, he, um, but John the Baptist was was very highly exalted in the eyes of God. You know, uh, he was a righteous man. So sure, he went there. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, <laughs> Moses, Aaron, they were there. Now, are they experiencing the passage of time in that location? Probably not. Probably not. That's just where they were. And um, and so he leads captivity out of there. And how did they make it to the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, I mean, you know, that that's a good point. Those are their, the two witnesses, uh, Elijah and Moses. And, uh, you know, they uh, they did have a soul. It's interesting that the disciples, having never seen either one of those guys, knew who they were. Yeah. And, um, you know... Uh, they were representative of the law and the prophets. You know? No, I, I got that, but they didn't believe in Christ yet, neither. They uh, did. Moses and Elijah, <laughs> they looked to... They believed in his promise. They knew he would come. I mean, Job is reportedly the oldest book in the Bible, and he said... I know that my Redeemer lives, and I'll be standing before Him. So these two, Moses and Elijah, were called to the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, the Lord gave them manifested bodies. Um, and, uh, you know, Elijah, 
was not reported to have ever died, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, a, it's, it's really interesting to try to put all the pieces together. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us guys in particular, we've torn something apart. An engine, a clock, a, who knows, some mechanical device. And we go putting it all back together and we have an extra part or two there. And uh, you, they weren't in there for no reason. So, and they're not the only two people that uh, reappeared after death. Well, the Lazarus who he raised from the dead. Interestingly, in Matthew, uh, let's just look at Matthew uh, 27. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, Samuel was called back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he wasn't happy about it. Yeah, he was, had been comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, that, but that witch, that freaked her out, you yeah. know. And I, I mean, a lot of these people, they like to say, well, I'm pagan and we're witches. And, and you know what I'll tell them? Is there power there? Yeah. There's power there, but it's nothing close. <clears throat> it's nothing close to the power of God. It's like a squirt gun compared to a fire hose. Um, so uh, it says in Matthew 27 that uh, verse 54, now when this centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of God and many women were there beholding afar off which followed Jesus from Galilee I think I messed up I need to go back this is where the temple veil tore in half in verse 51 of Matthew 27. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, in two parts, from the top to the bottom, from heaven and on down. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and they came out of the graves after his resurrection. Don't miss that. Some of these other translations don't have after. They, they, he was the first fruits. He was first to be resurrected uh, after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Um, so it, that's the only of the four gospels that mention anything about that. So, But he has the power over death. He created life. He certainly has the power over death. And, um, you know, I was talking, you know, about a, about a car engine. And I, it's, it's not a simple thing, is it? There's a lot of stuff going on in there. There's a lot of parts when you would tear one down, unless you were a seasoned engine builder and mechanic. You wouldn't know what this is doing in there. What's this for? Mm-hmm. Well, leave it out and find out what it's for. Even if it's one little piece <clears throat> there you go. One little check valve or one little pin. <clears throat> leave it out and watch the, the, the thing fall apart. You can't leave any out in God's Word. I heard that so-called Bible answer man, Hank Hanegraaff, talk about this passage in Luke, I'm sorry, in Matthew 27, 
51 through 53. He said, well, you can't put a lot of stock in that because there's no corroborating verses in the other three Gospels. And that's why I changed his name. It's not Hank Hanegraaff. It's Hank Pornograph because that's what he is to the Gospel. When you start deceiving people like that and doing damage to God's Word and taking away from God's Word, see, what he's essentially saying is, this doesn't belong there. Just because he can't make sense of it doesn't mean it doesn't belong there. And what's so hard to make sense of it? I don't know. He just didn't like it. I, I used to listen to that radio show a yeah, lot. I do too. And um, he has some serious issues, possibly even with his own salvation. I hope not. Well, there's a lot of verses in the Bible, or statements in the Bible that only appear once. Exactly. God's in control. That's what I told that so-called pastor over here in town that time. He's not here now anymore. You know, so if you're going to try to think you find errors in the Bible because of comparing the four Gospels, which, by the way, they've been perfectly harmonized for centuries and centuries, but I guess he missed that memo. But if you're going to do that, what are you going to do with Paul's letters or Peter's letters? Because you've only got one copy of uh, Apostle John's letters. It's a funny thing when you get saved, you start realizing the truth of the Word. Uh, if you're saved, if yeah. you're not, you start picking through it and finding reasons why you don't believe it, and that's yeah. a sign you don't it, believe. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, give a person a while. You know. Yeah, and it admonishes not to take anything away from the things which are. Yeah, right. and you know, and this dude Hanegraaff was taking this passage away from Matthew twenty-seven verses fifty-one through fifty-three by mere so-called virtue of the fact that you know uh, Luke and. Uh, John and Mark don't have anything about that. There's a lot of stuff in the list being one of the Gospels mm -hmm. that's not in any of the rest of them. You well, throw the that out too. People, because your famous saying, if you don't think God could deliver His Word to us infallible, yeah. then you don't know God. You're, you're doubting His sovereignty. <laughs> yeah. You're doubting His sovereignty and you know, even his representation of himself. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, he is the Word. So this is what he has given us. Now I will say that trust the King James Version. If you're going to look at another translation, at least compare it to the KJV because the King James has been proven in use over 400 years. It has proven sufficient. And God has given us this translation to the English-speaking world um, because 95% of missionaries around the globe speak the English language. So obviously, that's a very exalted, uh, it's an exalted translation of God's Word, translation of the Greek. Now, I'm not going to be like some of these people, uh, Peter S. Ruckman and... Say that uh, he's just strangled on some water, aren't you? Hmm. Yeah, easy. I do it all the time. Sometimes I get strangled on my own saliva. Not even kidding. Um, Ruckman says that you can, if you if they ever find the original autographs, the original letters, he says you'll be able to correct them with the King James Bible. Now that's taking it a bit beyond the pale. Now, now he taught that. Um, well, one of the reasons you know that the King James Bible is obviously inspired in, in its own right because it uh, it was delivered to us and it's it's stayed it's still here. It, yes, it, yeah. And not only that, but it, that's the English version. But the, the King James 
was taken from the Greek and the and the uh, the Septuagint, uh, uh, Latin, uh, yeah, and Hebrew, and other languages like Ethiopian and Gaul and German and uh, uh, <coughs> Spanish. Early on, we're talking in the first century or two. And the way I look at it, if it was good enough for St. Paul, it's good enough for me. Sure, Bob. Yeah. Um, it's for the sake of the podcast, people. There you go. But, um, no, we, we thank God continually for his word. You could still know him to a degree if you didn't have this. Romans 1 says he has made himself evident through creation. And many people throughout the millennium who didn't have any written word looked at creation and looked at the heavens. Psalm 19 says they pour forth speech, doesn't it? The heavens declare the glory of God. And then the other ones went down the Sheol also? Probably. Okay. Makes sense to me. It's a, yeah, the Bible says the sound has gone out into all the earth. And then the gospel be preached to them one day. Well, yeah, and before you can't get to heaven without Jesus. Right. That's so one. the Bible's clear on that. Yeah. So uh, somewhere between uh, Adam and now, people that have not been availed of the Scripture, you know. They, well, they I think of them. you know the tribal uh, peoples. Um, you know, uh, there are still very, very primitive peoples in yeah. South America. Now, are they human beings? Yes. How does God deal with them? Well, maybe he he looks at one young man and he sees that man's got a servant's heart. He says, I've caught him studying my creation. I've seen the wonder in his eyes when he looks up at the heavens. I've seen him help his mother. I've seen him help his brothers and sisters. I've seen him give a piece of food that he would like to have had to somebody else that wanted it. When God sees that, he will draw that person to him. You know, that's how that works. You get to do what you want to with your free will. He's looking for someone who does have a servant's heart. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, well, I think we'll probably go ahead and wrap up. We're coming up on an hour. Anybody want to add anything? Okay, just bow your heads. And Father God, we do thank you for this time. What we four here have been allowed to meet and study together and learn from your word. And I just pray again for Reverend Davis and his needs and for Colonel Ron to get quickly well. Pray John Park is feeling all right after a tough day at work for no for no doubt. And and these others that were on our prayer list tonight, those needing salvation, those needing healing, those needing deliverance from addiction, those needing to reacquire their children. I pray God for them all. I pray you keep a hedge around our group here, the members here of this household and the households represented here. Teach us, God. Let us prevail against the enemy in these days. And with your help, we know we will. In Jesus' name, amen.